Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Dr. David Wardy. How are you? I'm fantastic, brother. How are you, man? Good. Hey, something I forgot to tell you before we got on is I'm on day one of five of uh, Water Fast. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah we, we, we took another group through our Metabolic Fix program, and so uh, I just just started. So cheers. Here's my water. So important, man, right? I mean, we, we talk about fasting quite a bit, but like right now is a good time to do this just for our listeners. Uh, we're heading into the fall, uh, social time, a lot of people eating more sugar and alcohol and what better way to kind of get your meta- metabolic metabolism processes, everything primed before you head into this season of, of feasting. Totally. Well, we, it's funny because we just came off of a feast. It was Canadian Thanksgiving last oh, yeah. weekend. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's it's always uh, it's a good it's a good strategy after after feasting to to get into you know autophagy and all that growth hormone surge and all that amazing adaptation that happens with fasting. So, um, but it's kind of I mean there's some interesting themes here with regards to our discussion today. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. David here on um, some core concepts of uh, vitalistic approach to healing from a chiropractic philosophy, and we're going to get into that. And uh, no doubt, you know, getting out of the way or removing these obstacles to cure, uh, like which happens in a fasted state is part of that journey. So, uh, David, where, where should we start, buddy? Do you want to break down sort of like the bigger picture of this and then we can get into the individual parts or what do you want to do? Yeah, let's do that. Let me just kind of talk about what's brought me to the bigger picture and why I practice this way. And then I have a hopes that our profession as a whole, the chiropractic profession starts to kind of move towards this direction. You know, um, one of the things I speak when I, I've spoken to students at different schools and, and conversations I've had is when, you know, when you were in school, they tell you that, you know, as a profession, we're only adjusting about 10% of the population. And so I just talked to some students last year. This is, I've been in practice 15 years and I asked them, so what are they telling you guys? on that first trimester of grad school, what what percentage of the population were were treating? And I say, oh, 10%. I was like, interesting. I say, you know, it was the same when I was in school, which means that we need to improve and kind of evolve what we're doing as a a profession, right? So my big thing that I've always talked about is how do I leave my profession in a better place than when I entered into it? So my experience and practice from when I got out of school to now, which, like I said, I've only been in practice 15 years, I've got a lot more to learn, but has taken me on this interesting journey of understanding there's a much bigger picture than what I was actually taught. Uh, now, my paradigm is still rooted in what we learned in school, but the process on how I achieve uh, getting this holistic picture of health and integrity to the spine and the body has really evolved through, you know, kind of making mistakes, trial and error, and learning this works, this doesn't work, and learning from different, uh, very talented chiropractors and healers of how we go about this. So real quick, uh, you know, when I got out of school, I was what I call a structural-based chiropractor, or you could call this the passive system, which is just the vertebra, the discs, and the ligaments. So I was primarily just kind of like spinning 
you know, five to eight minutes with each patient, quick adjustments, you know, stem and heat out the door, more seeing a higher volume in my practice. But one of the things I kind of noticed back then is not many people got better or held their adjustments. And so this kind of bothered me, right? So this led me to moving towards more, okay, let's, let's look at more of the internal health of the patient. Let's do things like support, you know, glands and that we know that are under stress or help support the nervous system or the digestive system, or let's improve their metabolism. And I started working on the inner workings of the body and working from the inside out. And I saw some improvements there and we saw changes in integrity and, and improvements of the spine and, and people getting better. Um, but there was just the, the point I'm trying to get at, man, is there was always more. There was always like, I felt like, okay, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to this because I felt like there was more healing available. And I've always had this big, uh, this passion for just finding more truth and how we're put together and how we can actually heal and get the body there faster. Right. And I, I kind of wanted to always be that guy that I'm going to be able to get my patients faster, better than other chiropractors can just because of the methods that I use and how I move about it. So fast forward. This has taken me to what we call a vitalistic form of chiropractic care. So what does that mean? So vitalistic means, or holistic means that we're approaching multiple subsystems that all give spinal integrity or integrity to our structure or musculoskeletal or nervous system. Okay. So there are different parts of the, of this, this coherence that we need to achieve amongst these subsystems. So the first that I talk about is the neural component. So the neural component, we have our brain and our spinal cord that passes down through our vertebral column. So I tell people, think of a rope that's passing through a pipe. There needs to be slack on this rope. So when you move and interact and, and throughout the day, there's slack in the spinal cord. What actually happens with some of us, depending on how we're adapting to our environment through, through the different stressors we deal with, we get something called adverse mechanical cord traction. So I want you to imagine this, this rope that's, that's moving in this pipe starts to build tension. So there's tension on this rope. So what do you think the brain does to protect the cord from overstretching? Because our brain's number one priority is survival, right? It's going to create compensation. So we typically will see this in our postural patterns that we start to create. And we'll see compensation in the thoracic and the lumbar spine. Because most of this cord tension, believe it or not, comes from the cervical spine or down where the sacrum and the coccyx is. So that's a huge component. If you have cord tension, this is causing a lot of the disruption and causing a lot of the subluxation that you will find in people's spine. The subluxation being a misalignment of these vertebrae and the joint dysfunction and things like that. So many people that struggle with postural issues and they never can feel comfortable in their body because they're always either stiff or in pain. A lot of that's just cord tension, man. And you can have a low back issue and the cord tension's up at the base of your skull. It has nothing to do with your low back. So like we always talk, you don't chase pain. So that's a big one for the neural component. So that's number can, one. Can you explain that a little bit more detail? So I'm imagining this, this rope inside this pipe. Um, what, what are some of the components? Like you talked about compensation and all those other things, but is, is there actually like, is there a physical shortening of this cord is there like adhesions to the spinal column or like how does that actually show up like how does it manifest physically yeah that's a good question so this is going to take us into the fascia man mm -hmm. so we, we love talking about the fascia right so if you remember anatomy class what is wrapping around the spinal cord we have dura matter this is wrapping around our brain and then we have those three meninges right mm -hmm. that wrap around our actual spinal cord 
So this fascia that's attached around our cord actually has basically fibers. Think of um, like little minor little ropes that come off of this tube, this rope that they intertwine and leave and exit our spinal cord out outside of our column and move into the fascia of our body. So if that cord has tension, it's going to start pulling on the fascia in different areas. And that's what a lot of times creates this compensation. So what are you going to see? Well, you're going to see changes in force control because the fascia is 40% of our force control throughout our body. So what people don't understand is when they move and they're having to deal with their environment, only 60% is the pulleys, the muscles moving you throughout your day. The other 40% is fascia. And this all goes central into the spinal cord and the, and the, and the column. Okay. And so, so you call that, sorry, you call that force control. Yeah. Force control. So what do you mean by just that? like walking and reaching for things and just moving okay. throughout your day, your body's ability to move in space and control the force that you're applying. Right. This is all created through the fascia. There's a 40% of that all the time. Right. Wow. The other component is if the fascia is starting to shift because the brain is trying to protect itself, right. From this tension, what are going to move as a result? Well, of course, the structure is going to move. So now we're into the passive component, which is the bones out of place. The facets of the spine are not gliding properly. We have fixation. Or if it's really bad, we have subluxation, which means there's an inflammatory component. There's a loss of range of motion. And there's a loss of communication of where that nerve is traveling and exiting our spinal cord. So we're losing communication. So you see this like snowball effect, right, of different aspects of the, of the body. But... The fascia is a component of these subsystems, and so is the, the structure, which is the vertebra, the disc, and the ligaments, which is the passive. So those are the other two parts of the subsystems. We still got more. So we have neural. We have the passive, like I just talked, which is the column, the discs, and the ligaments. And then we have the fascia, which we, talk is, we always talk. This is another communication network. It's faster than the nervous system. It has to do with force control, but also communication in the body. And then the other component that we talk about, and you guys have heard me talk about this, is the active component, which is what I address with NIS. So the active component, this is the muscles and the tendons. Well, they're getting their feedback from our brain all day and communicating through the muscles. And our body is put together. We're not stacking bone on bone through gravity. Our body floats all day. All of our joints are floating. Our spine is floating. Everything's floating through something called tensegrity. And it does this through these muscles and the fascia being in coherence to help us have this good tensegrity. But the active system is highly affected by our glands. So you look at, we talk about the glands or the interface to the muscles, right? So NIS is that's foundational in addressing the active system. And then NIS just for people... Is a neurological integration system. Mm -hmm. Or we could use applied kinesiology as another technique that would deal with the active system. And I'll get in, in, into that in a second. But so when we have the active system, one of the things I have to educate all our practice members is your glands will give a silent screen through the muscles when there is a problem. And then those muscles, depending on what gland is affected, can be affecting the low back, the pelvis, the mid back, the neck, the shoulder. There's different areas of the spine that different glands will affect. So, for example, the low back, it could be the colon or, you know, the thoracolumbar junction. It's a kidney adrenal problem. The neck could be the pancreas, the liver. I mean, there's all these different correlations. So the active system is highly affected by our glandular function, not just, oh, I got to get a massage and work on my soft tissue. It goes beyond that. So that's that's talking... huge for people to understand. I mean, like, 
yeah, let's make sure we really, you know, pause on that and, and really maybe deepen that conversation a little bit, because I think people often go, well, it hurts here or you're here, you know, somewhere in your shoulder, your leg or your lower back or whatever it is. And they're not really understanding there's this whole neurological integration that's happening with, with those glands. So maybe you can just like hammer that point in a little bit more. Yeah, that's perfect. So I had a patient actually uh, yesterday that, that came in and, and it's, you know, like you're saying, it's just kind of that consciousness of what I think is causing my pain. So she's having neck and low back issues and they're chronic. She's had them for a couple of years and she keeps blaming it on her posture or the fact that she looks at her phone and looks down all day. And it's all physical stressors that she's yelling mm-hmm. at me and saying this is the cause of her problem. But I, I do what I, we talked about this. I do a, a vitalistic health eval on my patients as part of their intake. And I ask things like, how's your digestion? How's your energy? How's your sleep? Do you have brain fog? How's your diet? And these are big checks for me of like seeing the up, upstream problems mm-hmm. that are actually causing the things that people come in with when it comes to having these, these pains, right? Yeah. So I had to explain to her, look, we have three different kinds of stress. You're just focusing on one of your stressors as, a, as what's contributing to your pain. But look at all these other things you're telling me. You have horrible heartburn and constipation. You're not digesting well. You have horrible brain fog. You have no energy. You can't sleep. And your diet is awful. And I said, do you think that your internal health and like how you're functioning in these capacities is influencing the integrity of your spine and your overall body? And it wasn't until I said that that she was able to make that connection. So what people need to understand is when they're in pain, like we talk about this hierarchy, the pain, the musculoskeletal issue, the issue you know, at the spine, the local tissue, yes, there could be an issue there. But a lot of times the upstream issues, like issues with your nervous system, so you may be in neuro fatigue, you have issues with your lymphatic system or your immune system, or you have chronic inflammation, or you have uh, issues with digestion. These are all the big, big upstream problems that are causing the problems downstream. And that's why you end up with pain and this loss of integrity. So to, to, to hit that point true, it's not just physical stress that contributes to your back pain or your joint pain. You have to look outside of that and understand it's the biochemical stressors, it's the mental emotional stressors that you deal with on a daily basis. How well are you functioning on a daily basis from a vitalistic standpoint of these things I just pointed out? If those aren't great, then I promise you that is contributing to the issues that you're having with your spine or with your joints. They're not mm-hmm. separate. Yeah. So let's, let's take an example of someone who's got, let's say they've got the x-rays, they've got all the imaging. Clearly there's pathology or tissue pathology at the site of where the pain is. Um, you know, obviously what I'm hearing that you say and that, that we talk about all the time is obviously it's, it's an integrated holistic perspective. It's not just you need a, a knee replacement or whatever it is, but how do you help people understand uh, that connection when they clearly there is a, uh, that imaging thing? And we kind of, we talked a little bit about this with Sam as well on, on that podcast. So make sure you tune into that one, especially when it comes to pain. But um, yeah, if you could kind of dive into that as well. So, you know, interesting on pain, you look at, let's, let's just talk about someone that came in with low back pain. Let's say they bring me in an MRI and they have x-rays and they've done all these diagnostics and they come in, they're like, oh doc, you know, I'm like at a seven or eight, I have chronic pain in my low back or I have sciatic pain. And I do take these things into account. I look at the x-rays, I take into account what the MRI shows. 
But I can have 10 other people come in with the exact same x-rays, the exact same MRI and not have some of them no pain. Some of them, it may be at a one or two and not be a big issue. So the picture that I'm getting from the diagnostic doesn't tell the whole story of what's actually going on with this person. You know, diagnostics are great and they're tools that we use as practitioners, but it's not the end all when you're trying to help somebody. I mean, I know doctors that take the picture and they just keep focusing on the area that's broken that they see in the picture. And that may be broken as a result of all these other things. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say this person comes in and I talk to them, they've had chronic low back pain. I go a little deeper, their nervous system shot all the time. They have horrible digestive health. Well, how long has this been going on? Oh, it's been going on for just as long as my back pain has. Mm-hmm. And then you start to look back further and further and you realize, well, man, they've had a loss of integrity in their lumbar spine for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And they've just been doing injections and pills and trying to do things, just touching the lumbar spine, which is the end result of the pain. And because of the loss of integrity, but not the cause. Yeah. So they're not even, they're not even close, man. I mean, you're talking about one end of the spectrum where you're getting the effect, which is showing up in the spine and you have tissue damage and you have inflammation and you maybe have nerve irritation and all these things, the result because of a decade of not eating well and not taking care of yourself and these other things. And the active system is shut down. Uh, the neural component, you may have had cord tension for a decade that wasn't addressed. Your fascia may be trashed and that could be another component. And maybe you have a mental emotional issues you haven't been dealing with. And all those are influencing these different subsystems. And as a result, the passive, which is the actual bone and the disc and the ligaments are trashed. Yeah. So you can't just look at one subsystem and focus on that and say, okay, well, this is the problem and this is what we need to address. And the problem is that's what conventional medicine does a lot of time. They just focus, they zoom the lens in and that's all they look at. Mm-hmm. they're not seeing the whole picture yeah yeah beautiful that was that was a really great way of helping people understand yeah so back to the subsystems so we have neural that's cord tension we have uh the active component so this is the muscles and tendons right tensegrity or, or glands right brain glands all those interface to active system we have the fascial component the fascial component's huge this is another communication network this is our force control. And this plays back. You see how each of these play back into our nervous system, each of these so far. And then the last one I put is the passive because that's the end result, right? Of the neural, the active, the fascia. Okay. And then the passive is the last one. Now, the one that encompasses all of these and that will influence all of these and disrupt all four of the subsystems I just described is your emotional mental health. So what I need, there's a saying, you know, and I, and I took this from Donnie Epstein's book, the spine is the back of the mind. So how you are walking in and perceiving and interacting with your world, your daily life. So if life isn't great and we're in disruption in our life, there will be disruption in your spine. It's never separate. That component influences the neural component, causes cord tension. It influences the active system. We know how emotions affect our glands. We can hold that energy and it causes interference in our glandular function. It affects the fascia. We know how that as well. And then the passive, like I said, takes the blunt of all that. And then now the spine doesn't have integrity. And then now we have issues. So from a holistic, vitalistic approach of giving people integrity, 
of not only their nervous system, but their musculoskeletal system to improve their overall spinal health and joint health. You have to address all these subsystems and bring coherence to all of them to maximize on the, the benefit that you're going to get from your care. Now, this is just where I've gotten through in my career of understanding what needs to be addressed. Now, bigger picture, let's look at this for a second. You have some chiropractors that just are passive. I was one of those guys when I got out of school. I call them, no offense to these guys, they're the rack and crack them guys. It's an assembly line. You're with them two minutes. You walk in, bang, bang, bang. They're on to the next one. Bang, bang, bang. These guys see hundreds of patients a day. They're only addressing the passive system with that manual adjustment. Then you have people that just do straight active. So you have some chiropractors, they're just doing, all they're doing is AK all day, apply kinesiology, or all they do is NIS all day, but that's all they do. They don't do an adjustment. They don't touch the passive system, right? They don't do any body work. They don't address the fascia, right? They don't do any mental, emotional work, none of that stuff. Um, then you have some people that are just doing neural, right? So they're just doing core tension. Uh, Network spinal is an amazing technique for that. Um, the jury's still out for me on if, if network spinal goes beyond just the neural component. Uh, according to some of the things I'm looking at, they say it addresses all these subsystems that I'm talking about, but I'm still learning that technique. And from what I know now, I do know it's amazing for that, that adverse mechanical core tractioning. It's a home run for the neural component. Um, so as you see, there's different techniques within, this, within our industry here, and they all address different subsystems but they're not necessarily getting the whole. Mm -hmm. And that's my thing of where I believe that our profession, our chiropractic profession needs to upgrade ourselves. We need to start thinking more of the holistic picture. How do we address all the subsystems that give us spinal integrity, give offer a vitalistic holistic approach of care and, and put our flag in the sand and say, this is what we are, this is what we do. But all of us are trained to do these things versus just picking one of the subsystems. And it's not to say that these other ones don't work. They're all very effective. Mm -hmm. But imagine being able to get all of them in one visit or one, or one uh, care plan as you're going through your care. You're getting more of this holistic approach to improve your vitality, to improve your overall health, and to really just see the bigger picture. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, and here's here's the argument that I hear because I, I hear chiropractors even you know locally where we're at say that uh, that's that's David that's not evidence based. It's not evidence based care. <laughs> so what what would you say to that comment? I mean, what you just described is the whole interconnectivity of how all these things communicate together. So it's it blows my mind that that's the that's the counter argument for a vitalistic approach. But you know, obviously you've been down this road a few times. So what would you say in that? So to answer that, yes, there are there is research showing the capacity of what passive care does. They show when you adjust the spine or we're doing like there's different techniques like called Pedabon and these different ones. They're all passive in nature, just moving the spine. There is research showing how that changes spinal curves, how that improves, causes neuroplasticity changes in the brain. So there is research showing this stuff now. Heidi Havoc uh, she's out of, I think, New Zealand or somewhere overseas. You can look her up online, Heidi Havoc Institute. She's one of the first chiropractors that has come forward and started doing research and showing changes in the brain after manual adjustments and how they're showing that's the gold standard for stroke victims now and all kinds of stuff, wow. showing bigger improvements with chiropractic care than anything else that's being done right now. But she's mapping and showing changes in the brain after adjustments. 
Donnie Epstein with Network Spinal is doing massive amounts of research with Network Spinal showing the respiratory wave, how it actually improves bandwidth of the nervous system and brings more coherence to the nervous system over time and actually helps people move towards uh, making better decisions for their overall health. I mean, all this stuff he has mapped his research. He's, I mean, it's been 30 years that he's been packing up his research. Um, and just, just one thing there, if you could describe coherence of the nervous system, because I think that's, that's a really important point that you're making there. So coherence is when all these subsystems, you have the neural component, the active component, the fascia, uh, the passive, and the emotional mental component are all in balance and homeostasis. Yeah. That gives your nervous system like full bandwidth to function properly. And when you have a proper, healthy, optimal functioning nervous system, that energy flows throughout the body and your broadcasting system is doing its job. And, and, and there's full communication where it needs to be. But the thing that people don't understand is when we have dis-ease in our body, it's because there's a disruption of this coherence. And some of these subsystems start going offline because they're struggling and they're not doing well. And that brings this dis-ease. And this dis-ease can be anything from to chronic disease to I have back pain to, to so on and so forth. Beautiful. Keep going. Yeah, you're right. you're on a line of thinking there. Keep yeah, going. So, yeah. So the research is there, man. You look at applied kinesiology. There's lots of research that shows the effectiveness of all these different things. So when I look at the, when you look at these subsystems, there's research showing the effectiveness of all these things, but are we bringing them all together mm -hmm. as a care model in, in one visit or in, in, a, in a care plan where you can actually go? So like, the way I do it, man, and I'm not saying that my way is the best way by any means, just the way this is where I'm at and this is what I believe needs to be done. I address on the very first visit, we go in, we address the active system. That helps me figure out a lot of things for the patient glandular wise. I'm able to see the nervous system. I'm able to see a lot of stuff that's going on. Then on the first visit on the chiropractic table, we address the neural component. We address the passive and we address uh, the fascial component. So I knock out all four of those within the first couple of visits. And then I start working on the mental emotional piece. I have different techniques that I do in my clinic where we're able to tap into these things. I tap into the subconscious. We bring up certain things people are dealing with. I use NIS for some of these things, but we're able to basically start removing interference from these different subsystems and then bring them all together where they're getting more coherent. And then once they're maintaining coherence, that's the goal, right? Is how do I keep you maintaining this coherence moving forward? So once I get my patients to that place, then I just see them once a month. They come in and they check in with me. They make sure their subsystems are, are coherent. They're doing well. And if not, we address it. I have some people come in. Sometimes I have to do mental emotional that month because they're struggling with something that's blowing everything out. Mm -hmm. I have other people, it's just the passive that visit. I have some people, it's just the active. I have some people, it's the neural. Okay. Everybody comes in with different stuff, right? It's not cookie cutter. So this has to be customized to everybody. The reality is I have all these tools in my tool bag to where I can get in and address each subsystem as needed. But I have to address all of them to give the, the best outcome for the patient that walks through the door. That's awesome. You know, I, I think sometimes it's easy for people to go uh, or to say the words evidence, it's not evidence-based, or I need to see the x-ray because they're not willing to, or it's just, I'm not sure if it's not willing, but it, it maybe it's just a lack of understanding, lack of education, uh, um, 
a lack of this awareness that not everything is black and white. You know, you, you can't just point to the problem and, and, and see the solution. It's, it's all of these happen, things happening together at the same time that, that are interfacing. And, and I love how you keep bringing it back to communication. You know, and we kind of started this pod- podcast with the innate intelligence talking about fasting and kind of getting out of the way so the body can heal. And, you know, really what you're doing is you're creating the, the most optimal circumstance for the body to communicate effectively, which is basically getting us back into nature, our natural state, our natural rhythm, our state of coherence, as you described. And, uh, and so essentially you're just your guy moving pylons and making sure that, you know, people are moving the right direction, you know, and the systems are moving in the right direction. And then we don't address at all, man. I mean, I do a lot of nutrition. Sometimes there's nutritional supports needed to, you know, the glands that I find keep coming up and we have to support these things on and off. But I mean, for the mental emotional piece, I can only do so much. I have to refer people out. Sometimes they need more help. I work with a lot of different practitioners that help people on, on that journey. Right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, we're going to talk to a PT in a couple of weeks. I send people out for dry needling and rehab and other things because they just need a little bit more work in that direction mm-hmm. to help them with those subsystems. So it's kind of like I'm working at the top, like you're saying with the communication and understanding where the issues are. And then I'm able to filter that back down, do what I can do in my, in my clinic, with my practice, and then push them in the right directions where they need to go to get more healing done. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Amazing, buddy. What else is, is, do you think there's anything else that the people need to understand on this, on this philosophy? Because, you know, part of it maybe may feel like, okay, well, I just need to find the right practitioner and maybe that's step one. Uh, or are there other things that people can do to assess and, and realize maybe where they're stuck? Um, or, or what would you suggest for people when they're hearing this information? The biggest thing that I would tell people, cause you know, chiropractic has this stigma of like oh i tried that and it didn't work for me i felt like it was a revolving door the biggest thing i would tell you is don't give up on chiropractic just because maybe you had one bad experience you know a lot of people get a bad haircut you don't stop going to stylists to get your hair done right i mean that's ridiculous but for some reason we get this stigma in our profession the biggest thing i would tell you is understand the doctor that you're going into what he does and how he does it different or she or she right mm-hmm. so like the thing i get from my par- my patients all the time the feedback i always get and it, it, it lets me know i'm going in the right direction with what i'm trying to accomplish is they say i love coming in here they say you have taken chiropractic and you've completely evolved it into something completely different and they're like but you treat all of me you don't just treat my spine like i feel like you treat all of me every time i come in here and that's what we're supposed to be doing man Right. Um, So I would tell people like, don't give up, go find another practitioner that is something different, maybe a different technique. Uh, Maybe they do a couple different techniques and they stack them on each other like I do, but you can't give up just because maybe you've had one bad experience. Okay. There's so many techniques out in chiropractic. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. I think there's probably over a hundred now, but don't go the same type of practitioner thinking you're going to get a different result because you probably aren't you go to a guy who just is like rack and crack him you go to another guy he may adjust better you may get a better adjustment but maybe he's not getting to the root of the issue maybe your your active system is blown out and that's why you can't hold an alignment that's why you keep going in and it's a revolving door because the integrity is the loss of integrity is coming from another subsystem could be the mental emotional piece could be the neural component right? There's other components there. So for our listeners, understand if you're not holding your adjustments, it's not necessarily because that doctor's not doing his job. He is 
he is adjusting you and trying to realign your spine, but there may be other things at play that need to be addressed. So you need to go find other people to help you with those things. If that guy or that guy or girl doesn't do those things. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, I, I always wish that we were closer to you because every time that you've done work on me too, I'm always blown away with what you find. And it's, it's fascinating to be able to, I mean, Dr. David's a, he's a wizard as we call him. And, and he's able to, you know, bring all these pieces from these different aspects of who we are physically, emotionally, spiritually, and find a way to reintegrate the body. I mean, when we were in the retreat, you know, you were doing your magic on all these, you know, all the different, uh, you know, people who were at the retreat and, you know, everyone just gives the same feedback. Like, David, how did you know that? Like, how did you do that? You know? So it, it's really remarkable what, what you are doing. And it's, you know, it's amazing to be able to see how your brain works and how you're able to organize all this information in a way that you understand it. Uh, but you also make it really easy for people to understand too. And I think that that's, uh, that's part of your magic too, is just your, your ability to communicate to the individual what's going on and, and be able to help them recalibrate their bodies. It's, it's truly, you're a gifted healer, man. Like that's, you're not a, you're not a doctor, you're a healer. And that's very obvious. Thank you, brother. The biggest thing I would say to that, man, is I tell people your body, the brain and the body knows. And so I'm going to have a conversation with you, but then now I'm going to talk to your body and it's going to tell me what's really going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is no diagnostic in the world that can give us all that information. Your body knows more than any x-ray machine and any MRI. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. We still need to run tests as doctors. And I do, I run a lot of tests still, but the, the, the true answers that I really need to get, that are going to help you get well and steer us in the right direction. Your body will tell, will tell me. And I've just been very blessed that I've been given a gift that I've been able to get better and sharpen over the years to tap into people's systems and understand and have a conversation to where we're able to understand, okay, here's where we're struggling. Here's what we need to work on. And then be able to, to have this partnership with my patients of like, okay, here's the reality. Let's deal with these things. And this is going to help you start to heal because if we don't, there's no healing available to you. No, I mean, this, this could go into a direction where, where people maybe go like, uh, I don't know how that works, but I know that you've done work on, on people remotely. And I, I know we didn't actually talk whether or not you'd be getting into a discussion like this, but you've shared some pretty interesting stories with, with some of the people you've, you've helped that, you know, and again, maybe it's just totally coincidence, you know, that, that one hospital story you told me about, um, but how how would you bring your teaching of understanding because i mean i know you do work with people that aren't always you know in on location you, you work remotely how can can you do you want to do you want to open that door and have a little sure. discussion on that yeah, yeah i don't mind like you said man i get the the nicknames from the wizard to the voodoo <laughs> doc i mean i'm at this place in my life where i'm okay with being that that's me you know i yeah. i I have an ability to do things. I need to share that with other people. It's not me. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. really just something that's been given, but um, I see a lot of people remotely. I do probably a half dozen visits a month of people that are not local. I get on zoom with them and we basically will run from different things. I check their subsystems. We kind of see what's going on with them. We do some integration and I basically balance things out for them. And then I'm able, like you say, to tap into things where they're like, oh yeah, I have that going on or yeah, that's interesting. 
So the same things I'm able to do in-house, not everything. A lot of that I can do over a virtual visit with people. And it's just kind of tapping into the same thing I do when they're on the table in front of me. You know, um, quantum physics actually will, there's science behind this and it shows how I'm able to do this, but I'm just tapping into this space that we think is empty space, but it's all energy. So I can tap into somebody in Tennessee or in Canada or in Mexico or across the world uh, with what I do and the gifts that I have uh, to be able to, number one, assess them, to tell them what's going on, but then also to, to start rebalancing things and help them move towards healing on their journey. So I have regulars, actually, that I see pretty regularly for this. And um, they have amazing results, man. Like, they do amazing. You know, when I first started doing that work, it was so in the unknown for me. I wasn't as comfortable stepping into that space, I have to be honest with you. But the more I've done it, the more I've realized that I need to just kind of leave it up to a higher power that's kind of beyond me that's, that's allowing this to happen uh, and just do what I do and tap into kind of what I'm good at and just allow the universe to take care of the rest, man. Um, but it's, 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 it's been a blessing, man, to be at the place in my career now where I have people that um, have that amount of faith in me and, and trust me to help them with things like that, that, that we can do it at this such large amount of distance. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, if we were to break some of that stuff down, I mean, people can have conversations with people over the phone and come off a conversation and feel better. Yeah. You, know, you, you can, you can dive into some pretty interesting stuff, getting into people's history or finding their pain points in consultation, you know, even whether it be in the clinic or, or over zoom or on a phone call and people can have these awakenings. And it's just that David has another uh, aspect to how he assesses, you know, and, and does some of that stuff that you can do, whether someone's on the table or not, like you, you do, you can assess a child and use a parent as a surrogate to understand where, um, you know, where those, those obstacles are. So, you know, when, when people start to, you know, not that you have to dive into quantum physics, but there is, there is teachings on, on helping people understand that this stuff as is, has nothing to do with uh, being on location. It really, it is tapping to an energy that, that is, you know, not necessarily seen by the naked eye, but it's, it's happening all the time. Um, and so, you know, I, I just want to shout out to people who are tuning in, you know, you, you're not going to find a David nearby you probably you know, there's a good chance you're not going to. So, you know, if, if you are stuck on in places, I mean, David's got a full tool set of, you know, everything that we discussed today. Um, and he teaches detox and he does all the other things that, that, that one needs to do. So, you know, I want to encourage people to take advantage. It's, it's, um, you know, it's not going to be there for long because I know that <laughs> David just gets busier and busier. It's hard enough just to find some time uh, to, to record a podcast, you know, let alone fill your schedule with people all over the world. But it's, I'd say if, if you can't find someone like David, definitely reach out to the clinic. Well, speaking of this man, we we're bringing on for our listeners. If you know his name, Rob Worgen, hmm. he's coming on in two weeks. So if you've ever seen the heel documentary, this guy is amazing. Uh, check out his website. I think it's just robworgen.com this is along the lines of, you know, what his gift is is a little bit different than mine, but along the same lines of he's tapping into something that is kind of beyond him and me, but we're just kind of these vessels that's been allowed to have this gift to it's up to interpretation. Right. 
Um, but that's going to be a great conversation, man, because it's totally. kind of right along the lines of what we're speaking to right now. And he's mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing, amazing healer, man. I mean, yeah, what that guy has done for humanity is pretty, pretty awesome. And he's had his gifts. I mean, he was aware of them since he was a child. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, I didn't become aware of mine until my, in my mid-20s, man. So. <laughs> well, better late than never. I mean, yes. and, and that's not late. I mean, you're still... Yeah, still, still got some time. Still got some time, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the reality is that even for people that come to see us, often, you know, many of the people that, that finally awaken to their healing are in their 50s, 60s, and beyond. So yeah. there, it's not a judgment on, you know, coming late to the party. It's just, thank goodness, you know, you showed up. And, right. and that's, that's a message for everybody, really. It's, you know, it's never too late to heal. It's never too late to understand more about yourself and, and start to take appropriate action to become more coherent, you know, uh, more um, integrated and, and to actually appreciate these pieces of, of ourselves that probably laid dormant for quite some time. Well, and to bring my journey full circle, a big catalyst for why I'm at where I'm at right now is because of Clarissa Mount. You know, totally. if, if Clarissa hadn't gotten as sick as she did and have her autoimmune issue about 12 years ago, I would not be where I'm at right now. I may still be the guy doing the passive rack and crack of high volume, just adjusting spines all day, man. Like I've had to evolve and step into these things because of the pain that we had in our lives of what she was going through and what that put us through and our family and everything. And it helped me really, um, evolve and grow and in, to where I'm at now, man. So it's a pain to purpose story for sure, but I'm grateful every day. Uh, not that she got sick, but that that journey that we've had to go through together led me on this journey because I'm able to help so many more people and I have a higher capacity to help people now than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even close. Man. Yeah. So amazing well and no doubt you've got people that have been with you since the start and they're you know oh, yeah, it's, it's fun, fun for them too right yeah, yeah. that's fun talking to my patients have been with me for like a decade because they're like man it's so cool to see where you're at now compared to when we started with you they're like i always, i can't wait to see what's next like they're always totally. just ready to see what i'm going to learn next and what, what i'm going to bring forward so it's fun man it's fun to have that community of people that are with you and they believe in you and they believe in, in what we're doing and the culture that we've created here and, and, and where it's going and they get it, you know, just mm-hmm. like I get it, they get it. So that's the fun part is having them by my side and, and just kind of coming along with me for the ride. Awesome, man. Uh, you know, what, on that note uh, of, you know, constant growth, what, what drives you now? Like, obviously, you know, it's your family and everything too and, and that was a part of the initial catalyst but what's what's driving you now you know with a lot of the energy work that i do now and the understanding of of this communication aspect and this coherence of the nervous system it keeps taking me further and further there's just more truth to be found there and that's kind of where i'm moving more into learning network spinal and trying to learn more from you know the next mentor i picked was donnie epstein and uh, after him, there may be something next, but honestly, man, it's just finding more truth and healing. Mm-hmm. That's my driving. That's why I keep learning what I learn. I just want to know. I want to know more. I want more truth. I mean, this is a divine machine. I don't think we're anywhere close to understanding it, but with where I want to understand it, which is this communication, this energy piece, this life force energy that puts us together, that creates health or when it's interfered with creates disease. 
I want to understand that and learn all the tools and whatever, whatever is available to us to be able to get into the system and to help people in that capacity. And so that's my journey now because as a chiropractor, that's what I do. Love it. So good, Dr. David. Um, what where, where should, should we get people to do for a little home play? Um, you know what? One of, the, one of the big things I like to, to show people now is I'm learning this somatic respiratory integration stuff. So why don't we take them through? We have three minutes. Why don't we take yeah. them through a real quick exercise? So this is, um, this is taught by Donnie Epstein, but it's a really good exercise to start creating more mind-body awareness, to start understanding and feeling the energy. So we're going to take you through a quick exercise. The homework I have for you guys is try to do this for at least 30 days. You can do this in the morning when you wake up. You can do it before you go to bed. If you're a little anxious in the middle of the day, you can stop what you're doing and do this. Uh, we can do this in a seated position or laying down wherever you're more comfortable. So the four things we're going to focus on uh, right now when we talk about what we're going to do is number one, where your focus is. So I want you to focus on where I tell you to put your hands. The second thing is the movement that you feel beneath your hands. The third thing is how your breath feels, where your hands are placed and where you're focusing and where that movement is. And then the fourth thing is, what do you feel beneath your hands? Do you, you may be energy sensitive and feel energy within your body real good. And you may feel shifts depending on where you are. So the first place we're going to do is you're going to place your hands over your collarbone, right at the, at the base of the neck, the top of the chest. And we're going to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. And again, we're going to be focusing on the area beneath your hands. I want you to feel the movement that you feel beneath your hands. How does your breath feel while your hands are in this position as you're breathing into your nose, out through your mouth? And then what do you feel beneath your hands? So the second place, we're going to move our hands to the bottom of our sternum. So just at the very bottom of the sternum, above your belly. And again, into the nose, out through the mouth. We're focusing on our, focusing our attention on where our hands are placed. What kind of movement do we feel there? How is your breathing when you're over this position? And then what do you feel? Take one more breath there. And the third place, we're gonna go directly over our belly button. And again, let's focus on the four things that we talked about. Bring your attention to the belly button. What does the movement feel like there? How is your breath when you're in this position? And what do you feel beneath your hands? Now what I want you to do is if you had to rate out of the three positions that I had you place your hands, the best place that you, they're your most favorite of all three points. Let's go back to that area and place your hands. 
Now that may be on the area you just were on, or that may be on one of the first two areas that we were on, but go back to the best place where it felt the best. Let's take a couple more breaths. Now I want you to go to the third best. So if you had to rate them in one, two, and three, where was the third best place? And let's move them back to your first best again. So as you're breathing here, I'm going to read you a couple statements. And you don't have to say these out loud. You can just kind of say these to yourself. But pay attention again to what you're feeling beneath your hands as you say these statements. Sometimes it seems disconnected here. Sometimes it seems like nothing works. Sometimes it seems helpless here. Sometimes it seems like this will never end. Now you can go ahead and stop. Now you probably noticed that one of those statements caused a shift in what you felt beneath your hands or how your breath was, or you felt an energy shift. A lot of people will notice the shift when they say one of those statements. The big thing I want our listeners when you do this exercise to pay attention to is you've noticed that there was a difference between the three points when you were breathing and what you felt, how easy it was to maybe focus on that point, the movement you felt, how you were able to breathe. So this is creating more mind-body awareness. So people that aren't, don't have a lot of body awareness and aren't good at feeling the energy in their bodies, basically what I'm having you do is put your hand over different energy plexuses, nerve plexuses of the body. And as you can see, there is some variation in what you're feeling beneath your hands. But this is a good way to kind of reconnect with yourself every day and become more sensitive to this stuff over time. Very, very important from a health standpoint if you're on a journey to healing because you have to have this awareness in the body. So 30 days, knock it out. There's a whole lot more of that, uh, but that's called somatic respiratory integration. I love that, man. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, really good practice. Man. It's, it's so great to bring some quality of uh, awareness to those different positions. It's different than, Oh, just place your hands over your heart and breathe, you know, to actually ask those questions and those questions you asked at the end were great too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so hopefully people go back and listen to this and and uh i'm almost thinking that man you maybe you need to create a little video or maybe you already have on this i'm getting ready to so yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's a video coming up down the pipeline soon uh, i've got a list of stuff but we're going to do a breath work one and then i'm going to do some some uh, some sri stuff and start showing that amazing Dr. David Wardy, everybody, thanks so much for uh, tuning in and sharing your wisdom, David. I mean, it's just, uh, it, you're, you're always a, a miracle to listen to. So I love you deeply, brother, and thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, man. This was a blast. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.